This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans and tell him he should listen to the podcast. Harmonious Gentlemen. If podcast episodes were awesome card games, we'd be a blackjack. This is episode 21. We're recording once again at Phil's. Yeah. The wonderful Red Deer Diner. It's kind of an institution, and yep. us being back here is mm-hmm. starting to become a... Well, and this time they tucked us away in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, like, we are... Maybe that's far, the new tradition. Yeah. It's dark and warm back here. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's good. We have a special guest today. Usually you have us introduce our names. Okay. I'm so, Chris. Yeah. I'm Tyler. I'm Graham. And I'm Jeremy. Oh. Yeah. Pretty big deal. That is. <laughs> We've been trying to get Jeremy on the podcast for a long time. Probably since episode two. Mm-hmm. That's true. And every time you guys ask me, I said, I have nothing to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see if that works out today. <laughs> yeah. So a lot, a lot of awkward pauses. The entire podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Jeremy's a trooper. He got up at 6 a.m. just to make this work. Good for you. Thank you. The irony of what you just said is my dog is named Trooper, and the first thing I did this morning was step in his poop. Yeah. So it's been a great morning so far. Uh, before we get to our stuff, we have just a, an all-time email today yeah. to read. Um, yeah, it's an email from someone named Tim Alien, and it says, Dear Harmonious Gentlemen, I had trouble sleeping this week. Not easy with SpaceX causing all that, all that ruckus up here. And so I caught up on your last couple podcasts. I wanted to inform you that we prefer being called extraterrestrials to the often overused label of alien. We refer to your people as terrestrials. The extra on the front of our name helps clarify our superiority. <laughs> You've been asking for, my, for podcast suggestions, and so I thought I would send you my top seven extraterrestrials that I would appreciate you having as guests on your podcast. One, E.T., Two, Alf. Mm-hmm. Three, Avogan, any Vogan. Four, Connor McDavid. Five, <laughs> Megamind. Six, any Martian. A heads up that if these guys decide to kill you, loud music is their Achilles heel. Seven, oh. Paul, great guy and personal friend. Live long and prosper, Tim Alien. I know, unfortunate last name in the politically correct universe, aka Sugar Water Guy. Wow. Amazing. That is amazing. Tim Alien. Tim Allen, is that what it? I think it's a reference to Tim. Tim Allen, right. I guess. How many podcasts are getting aliens emailing them? This seems like this will. This is a bump. Uh, well, <laughs> we should see a, I mean, a rise our in our viewership. Our not huge on this planet, right? But we don't know. Does SoundCloud? Do we know? Can we confirm? Track extraterrestrial <laughs> clicks. I'll look into it. It might yeah. be like a bonus feature or like a <laughs> premium, more. Yeah. premium yeah. feature. Yeah. So Blind Mac can help us out with that. <laughs> yeah. That was a very cool uh, email. Yeah, thanks. And we thanks, we have no idea oh. who that is, which is more fun. In fact, did he whoever this was? I'm assuming it's a he, but that's maybe not yeah. the case. Did, um, did they? What email did it come from? What was the? Oh yeah. Well, I, What's oh, the email shoot, address? Close my closed it, but. Um, Jeremy, have you ever emailed the show? No. Oh, oh actually, you ever call I, yourself I, think I, I think you did maybe in like episode one or two. I emailed some suggestions nice. that you guys never used, which will be part of my confession. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
The email address was Sugar Water Guy. Oh man, cool. Is, a detailed... is that a Men in Black reference? Yeah. 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 Okay. What's a Vogan? I don't. I don't know. Okay, this is. Is that a maybe Star Peter Trek? will hate us for this, but I think it's from Doctor Who. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That could be wrong. It could be like in the office when Dwight gets mad if you call Battlestar Galactica Star Wars. Well, like it's like that. So but that Peter, was intentional. We're not doing it on purpose, Peter. See, but he's also a, not listening to this episode. That's true. <laughs> this no is exactly why I didn't want to be on here. You guys all looked at me when you said Vogan, and this is another non-expert <laughs> topic I have no idea about. So. This was Aliens Part 2. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Um, we want to recommend some things. I can't wait to have Jeremy recommend something to us, because this guy, what a renaissance man. I don't know what he's going to bring to the table here. Well, can I say a little, th- a little bit about Jeremy? Yeah, we should. Like, yeah. he's... We didn't say much about him. We just said he's our guest. Jeremy's here. But um, Jeremy did this one thing at school that I'll never forget. We were playing a staff versus student basketball game, and we had a little timeout, and Jeremy like had a game plan. He, he kind of gathered us up and said, hey, when we, when we bring the ball up, up the court, just chuck it into the stands. I'll be there. Yeah. Like, I'll be like in the stands with the students. I'll stand up. I'll catch it. I'll shoot it from there. And we're all like, okay, that sounds that sounds funny. Like it'll be funny to throw the yeah. chuck the ball Pretty into the stand. Funny guy, this Jeremy here. <laughs> Look at yeah. him. But then, in front of like our whole student population, we did that play, and he made it. Yeah. From like center court, a yeah. few rows up into the bleachers. It was just. If, if I it, recall, it was near the back of the bleachers. To be honest, I think it was yeah, it outrageous. Was, if someone filmed it, they need to put that on YouTube because it would go viral. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was pretty epic. It was a dude yeah, perfect that? type I do. shot. It, yeah. and, and, and athletic ability transfers well to a podcast format. So <laughs> that's <laughs> this is gonna be another amazing. reason I'm super <laughs> excited to be here. But Tyler brought that up the other day. Like, and he's like, is this a real memory? Yeah. Like, did this really happen? And I said, yeah, it could have been did. a dream. Like, I thought I maybe there. I improved it. Like, maybe you missed the shot, but it makes a better story. No, in if my head, for sure, it I went made it. <laughs> yeah. It went in and the crowd went crazy. Yeah. The crowd went nuts. They were already like, even just to pat the blind pass into the crowd and you standing up was cool enough. Like people like that. Yeah. yeah. A few kids thought the ball was going to hit them like it because it was chucked pretty good yeah. into the stands. I think, I, yeah. It was one of those one in a thousand shots and it and it went in. And and of course, you'd never do that again. Right. Like no, that is. Don't even try. Oh, it no. no. You can't top that. Shout out to friend of the pod, Mike M, for making that pass. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. If I did try it again, that game, I don't think I did. My memory tells me I didn't. I was a one time, I made it, and we... we, That was it. Well, I'm glad you just didn't sit there and go, like, what are you talking about? Like, this is... (laughs) No, that didn't happen. I have a lot of memories, though, that I wonder the same thing, (laughs) where I need to go back, especially home, like, growing up memories, I think. Did that actually happen? Yeah. Well, I can't remember if this was on our podcast, but we did find out that memories are fluid. No, I know, I know it wasn't on our podcast, but <laughs> memories do change, and you can kind of take on other people's. Yeah. Cool. So now I'm the guy who shot from half court, and yeah. I feel pretty good about <laughs> yeah. it. Well, speaking of highlights of your life, Jeremy, um, thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> and, uh, I was going to put this one just above that yeah. basketball shot, and yeah. then my kids right after that. Yeah. It's a oh, good, boy. It's a good close third. <laughs> Okay, quick break. So I'll begin our recommendation segment with a film. So my wife was gone for a week to Florida, leaving me behind to manage the house. It was wonderful and also not wonderful. I was happy to do it. Anyway, um, my routine... I don't know about you guys, but I don't really 
like no screens in bed anymore, like no phones in bed. I used to all the time. But then when she was gone, I'm like, I'm going to get my laptop and watch some movies every night. Because that's, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one night I watched A Mighty Wind for probably the 10th time. Nice. And uh, I'm going to recommend it officially on the podcast just so it's, it exists out there. Yeah. Watch A Mighty Wind if you haven't seen A Mighty Wind. And if Jeremy, you have, have seen you seen it, A Mighty Wind? I have not. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. Have you Thanks. seen This is Spinal Tap? No. Okay. Best in show? This is why I didn't want to be on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's just that it's like a mockumentary, right? Like it's, oh, okay. it's done in that style um, about a folk reunion. It's awesome. How old is it? I think it was probably 15, early, maybe? mid-90s, probably. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's got a lot of comedians that you'd know. Like it's kind of a group that always does these films together. And it's, I think it's the best one. So yeah, it's really good. I was laughing oh, and nice. rem- reminded how much I love it. So does it have watch Eugene Levy in it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Him and Catherine O'Hara, yeah. who are the two leads, and of course Shit's Creek, but they're like a folk duo that broke up a long time ago and get back together. And that's one of the storylines. But will yeah. you have to bleep what you just said? No, S C H I T T. My rule is if the CBC can say it, I can say okay. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a mighty wind. Watch it. Anyone else? Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I can go next. Um, I have, there's a band. They're called Casper Baby Pants. <laughs> it's, I'm going to recommend them as, for yeah. parents. Well, and maybe not. It doesn't have to be parents, but I've really come to appreciate them in my commute with my six-year-old daughter. Mm. She likes uh, listening to some music, and I was getting a little tired of Disney princess music um, or the Moana soundtrack, mm. and I found this band, Casper Baby Pants. It's the lead singer from Presidents of the United States of America and I can hear that style and like I kind of grew up a little bit with that band or at least their, some of their singles so and it's just clever kids music but yeah it's much it's a huge upgrade from Moana sound, soundtrack <laughs> or the Frozen soundtrack I'll se- Tyler told me about this and I'll second it it's pretty good stuff yeah. and there's like 10 albums there's yeah tons there's of so them. much out there Harvey likes mm-hmm. Sugar Ants yeah. And buttered noodles, I think. Yeah, my kids like I'm a nut. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And, and peaches. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna slowly start slip, slipping <laughs> that in there. You honestly could put peaches well, in yeah, the album, and you barely even notice it. that it's not yeah, a kids song because it cool. kind of is. Maybe yeah. it's not. Well, yeah. I haven't heard of that one either. Yeah, I was gonna quiz you. Do you know who yeah. sang peaches? Yeah, I knew that one. Okay. Yeah. Or lump. Yeah, lump. Yeah. Or yeah. doom buggy. Yes. Doom buggy. Harvey loves doom buggy. Good song. Fun fact about those guys, uh, the bass player used to use just two strings on his bass. He'd take two of them off. Really? And the guitar player used to have like three strings instead of whatever it was. Like they would take a few off. Just because it was hard to play with more or? Well, I used to sort of make fun of them because I was like they only a knew pompous musician chords. in high school. Like, oh, they can't play with all the strings. But like, anyway. But they could do that with only three strings. They could write peaches with just a few strings. Wow, that's amazing. Would that be the minimum? Like if I started just a one string <laughs> guitar, would that be? You could. Like that's that's a market that's probably not a, not too saturated right now. <laughs> Casper baby, <laughs> definitely maybe unique good sound. Cool. Okay, well I'm gonna recommend uh, live music actually. So there's a place uh, close to Lacombe called the Track on Two. It's a horse racing track, and they're doing a singer songwriter series uh, for the whole year. Actually, Wednesday night, seven o'clock, they have two or three uh, musical guests who just talk about the process of writing their songs and then perform them. $5 a ticket um, gets you in the door and the way they have the listening room set up everybody is facing the stage nobody talks you can order drinks and food but you do it 
by writing something on paper and kind of putting your order on a, a little stand and then the waitress comes and picks it up so you don't even talk to your waitress. It's actually just set up just to listen to music. I think the musicians love it and it's a really cool experience. Track hmm. on two, songwriter series. Wow. Check it out. That sounds awesome. Every week. Every week. Cool. I have heard of live music, so <laughs> <laughs> makes me feel better. Jeremy. Yeah. So I'm going to recommend duct tape. Um, as uh, I don't know if you guys remember Red Green. Oh, yeah. So he would always say, if ladies don't find you handsome, they better find you handy. So that's about as handy as I get is duct tape. And so I now have three fairly regular items that are duct taped right now in my home, hmm. which my Like a rotating is, three things? No, or just, just like, so for example, my um, probably about, I'm going to say two months ago, which now sounds even worse. My uh, <laughs> sunroof flew off or smashed while I was driving to Edmonton, just all of a sudden shattered. Oh, wow. And uh, so in my minivan, it has a sliding door that kind of keeps that. So you, you can't really see, but uh, I figured out fairly quickly that there was glass all over. Um, and so I tried a couple different things. Um, one being plexiglass, cut some plexiglass, glued it, put some uh, not so good duct tape. So you got to buy high quality duct tape. Mm-hmm. Um, around around this to hold it. And I was tr- driving to Red Deer the other day, and all of a sudden, this whole <laughs> the whole thing just went flying off. And my, my kids are like, "Dad, what was that?" I think that was my plexiglass, and that lasted about ten minutes because I had just finished <laughs> completing it on, <laughs> on my uh, driveway. So, um, but now I'm to uh, I've got some like pretty thick tarp, like a like a thick plastic on there with some duct tape, huh. and it's holding well. Looks really good. Nice <laughs> gray duct tape on a gray van. You can probably you wouldn't, even see you wouldn't even see it. Yeah. Are there um, places that can fix that for you more professionally? Yeah, my van is is nearing its end, okay, and so, so just- it was quite. It's like I think we got quoted like seven hundred bucks to just replace this. Yeah. Place that we didn't uh, really feel is necessary. So and I'm had duct tape is like seven, seven bucks. bucks. Yeah. Right. So the, it was. Not, it's no it's a, question. It's a no brainer. <laughs> it's a no brainer. It did cost me a hundred dollars in plexiglass <laughs> and glue on the first attempt. So I'm and I'm, tickets I'm, for littering I'm, on I'm the highway. Yeah. Uh, so I also have duct tape on my shower head right now. The, the day before I had to go to um, England, uh, I was twisting my shower head and it just snapped off. And so I put some glue and some duct tape on that as I went away, and wow. it's still there. Um, Despite, despite my wife thinking that there's no way that'll hold, so I feel kind of proud that about came. that one. Like yeah. that wow! One. And then uh, on my vacuum cleaner, we snapped off our bottom uh, attachment on our vacuum cleaner, and so <laughs> rigged that up with some duct tape as well. So man, look at that! So it's it's outdoor use, it's wet use, and it's vacuum yeah, kind of everyday. It, it is chore use. Yeah, just don't buy the cheap stuff. Apparently, yeah. Cool. Hmm. It's a real recommendation right there. Like a real useful one. I've never heard of duct tape until now, so <laughs> you can buy it at most uh, stores. Stores, <laughs> Rona. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy, um, you brought the topic today for the podcast. We did not, which is nice, eh? The pressure's off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if this bombs, it's all on Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. We talked about political correctness for two episodes, and we're it's time for a change. So, Jeremy, what do you want to talk about here at Phil's this morning? Yeah, so my uh, other recommendation would be uh, the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, I read it about 10 years ago and 
I think it said on the book that if you're a parent, a coach, and a teacher, you should read this book. And so I was all three at the time, fairly new parent, I was coaching and teaching. Um, and I found that the book really did change the way I thought about um, ability and my own, even sometimes identity. Uh, so I thought it'd be a great topic to just uh, have a conversation about what it is. I know a lot of it's now been in circuit for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. There's been books about it now. And now mm -hmm. oftentimes educators are reading books about it, uh, about the original book. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I thought it would be neat to have a conversation, maybe explain a little bit of what it is and, and talk about some of the wrestling, grappling I've done with it in my own life with my kids or with my students. And I'm cool. curious to hear how you guys have maybe used it in your yeah. roles as well. Cool. Did it allow you to make that uh, half court shot from the bleachers? Like, is it all because of mindset? <laughs> that's true. I think that's, I've never connected those things, but now that you've connected, I believe for sure. Yeah. yeah. What about your second attempt at fixing your sunroof? Yeah, that is a, that's a, being handy is, is a mindset piece I need to change because yeah. I, I don't, I don't see myself very handy. So I, I have to, that's an area I could use a growth mindset, Chris. Well, after the break. <laughs> We tackle growth mindset. Nice. All right. All right. So uh, mindset, how I would explain Carol Dweck's version of it, as I have heard a few people um, confuse it with uh, kind of yoga and like this idea of being calm and like mindfulness mindfulness yeah so um mindset is this self theory about oneself um so the idea of like where my abilities um whether my abilities are something that i inherited and so there's kind of this capped um, ability to it so i'm athletic or i'm not athletic or i'm intellectual or i'm not a intellectual or the one i hear often is um i'm a i was a math person or yeah. i'm not a math person uh, or whether or not it's something that can be developed. So mm -hmm. um, the idea that Carol Dweck, a psychologist out of Stanford, uh, came up with the, these two categories of growth and fix. So growth would be somebody that says, uh, my abilities can grow if I put effort and time in, um, which sounds quite basic. And the book's concept is very basic, but the ideas and the examples she gives, uh, I think are really helpful for parents. And uh, fixed mindset being this uh, idea that I basically have a cap on my ability because I was born with a certain amount of, or, or not born with very much artistic ability or athletic ability. And so um, it plays itself out in many different ways with students and parents. I think a lot in mm -hmm. our language. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of even brings about some interesting conversations around identity, um, mm -hmm. what our identity is. Um, so I grew up. A lot of people saying he's a natural athlete or he's an athlete. So it became part of my identity, mm. um, which which is can be uh, can encourage you to continue to work on that. But it also can um, have a false sense of of who you are, um, especially as you get into higher levels of whatever it is you're pursuing. Mm -hmm. And then the recognition that maybe you're not that or other people are better. And then you have to come up with reasons for why that is. And right. Uh, and so that's what maybe I see a lot in classrooms or with parent-teacher interviews. Mm -hmm. um, uh, curious for for you guys where maybe you've seen some of that mindset things. I have. 
I'm just wondering, would her argument be that either can be a problem? Like, even if you see yourself as um, a natural athlete in a good way, it could prevent you from practicing or getting better at something that you think you're already good at or? Yeah. So the tendency, so if I'm um, a fixed mindset, um, what I will generally do then is I don't, well, I'll prove to people or show people that I'm that. And so that can play itself out in in a multi, multiple different ways. For example, if uh, there's a challenge coming up, I may not embrace that challenge because I don't want other people to see that I'm not the thing that people see me as. Yeah. And so I will avoid those types of situations. Um, so I think when it came to sports for myself, uh, my dad was somebody that pushed me uh, to have a growth mindset around sports. So his approach would be if I, I didn't ski a whole lot, I, we had a great ski hill in Smithers, British Columbia. Shout out to Smithers, BC. Um, Who? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we had a great ski hill, and I didn't ski a ton because I played a lot of hockey. But whenever I went skiing, I'd come home, and my dad would you know, say, hey, how was your day? It was good. And he'd ask, how many times did you fall? And if I said zero, he'd be like, you weren't trying hard enough. Mm. Like, and, you, you know, right. tongue in cheek, like it was. But there was a lot of truth to, like, he pushed. You know, if I had a good hockey game, it was in the car. We called it Coach's Corner afterwards. It was always... Uh, hey, did you see what so-and-so did? Did you notice what that person did? Um, and it was, it was something that continually challenged me to, to learn and grow. Um, so he pushed me to have a growth mindset in sports, but that doesn't mean that transferred always right. into other, other areas. Right. So growth minds, a fixed mindset person would spend their time showing people instead of learning. So their focus yeah. would be on showing, demonstrating to others that I am this whether and a learner would it be much more open to asking questions, pursuing challenges, um, looking for ways to get feedback. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of the issues that we see in classrooms could be kind of boiled down in some ways to that concept of, of lack of growth mindset. I mean, when you said math, te- the math, yeah, as a math teacher, that's a daily. I hear it every single day, parents and kids, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's always frustrating. Um, I get it. Like some of these kids have been struggling with math for years. Why wouldn't they say, I'm just not a math person? Why wouldn't they just think I can't do this? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I definitely see that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and it's, it's actually smart. If you believe yourself to have a cap on your ability, mm-hmm. then it actually is just efficient not to put in a ton of effort. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it doesn't make sense to go. fulfilling prophecy. Right. That, yeah. I'm not going to spend hours at home at night yeah. on something that I know I'm not going to be good at. Like yeah. that would be, yeah. that would be silly. Right. So, yeah. Right. I think I get why people do that. And, and it, the language that parents have often will be supportive of that. Well, hey, I wasn't a mouth person, so it makes oh, sense that you took the words out of my mouth right there. That's exactly what they say. Yeah. yeah. And well, so I wasn't either, so that's fine. Right. And, yeah. then, and then it gives the, the child also an excuse as if there's like a math gene that we're passing on from yeah. one generation to the next. Right. Yeah. But essentially there is, right? Because, I mean, it might not be genetic, but the... The mindset the attitude, is, yeah. the attitute yeah. is. Absolutely. This reminds me of a book, maybe you guys have read this, um, a Max Lucado kid's book. With the, was it Wemix? The Wemix are the little people. But have I don't you guys ever read those book. books? Yes. <laughs> I think you mentioned it before. Yeah, I don't yeah. love them. Uh, no offense. They're, they're fine. Harvey loves them, though. Like, of course he wants the books that I don't want to read. But one of them is about, called Your Special Gift. And uh, Eli, who's like the God character, gives all the Wemmicks these gifts, hammer, paints. And then I think the moral of the story is they're trying to use other p- 
people's things, like things that aren't their gift. Hmm. And at the end, it's all falling apart. And he says, like, just you, just like use, use the hammer I use gave you. Use the hammer I gave you. Like, use stick to the gifts that you hmm. are good at, or something like that. Mm-hmm. This kind of reminds me of the Smurfs, like Brainy Smurf, or right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. be the be who so, you were called out to be. Right, like so. I, I'm not. Saying, I don't know if that's totally related to this, but I every time I read it, I'm always like, I kind of. I adjust the wording a little bit when I read it to Harvey because I don't love the idea that it's like, just stick to what your gift is. It's yeah. a weird message for a kid's book and maybe I'm thinking too much about it, but... No, I think we... So if I look at, like, uh, Michael Phelps um, was born with a certain... Like some biology that helps him to swim. So there's not a... Uh, I think there's some truth to the fact that our, our, like, our starting points may be different, right? So I might have feet that are webbed so that might enable me to swim faster but he's had to put in a ton of time and energy and effort and feedback and learn like to in order to maximize that potential and so i do find it interesting especially in church circles we use that word gift a lot and i i since reading mindset i i just wonder about that sometimes Mm -hmm. I, i do think there are for sure spiritual gifts and that is a whole realm that I'm not an expert in and I, I wouldn't want to speak about, but mm-hmm. when we talk about a pastor that starts out, um, you know, I'm not so certain that they don't need to work hard to learn their craft and to improve it and to um, get feedback and, and, and all those things that we have to do to just say, well, you're, you know, you're going to be a good pastor or you're not going to be a good mm-hmm. pastor. Right. That uh, isn't helpful, I don't think. Well, and as a parent, like I catch myself using language like like fixed mindset language right like oh you are great athlete or even talking about my kids to other people like kid a is is this kid b is this yeah right like we're the artist or the entertainer or the yeah well the interesting thing is uh, it also dismisses the so at some point in my life you know being told that you're a natural athlete um, I know I had put in time, like I had three sisters. I played a ton of hockey in the basement by myself, shooting pucks over and over and over again. And at some point it dismisses the work that you also put in. And right, that's right. where your confidence actually comes from. And cause a yeah. lot of parents are telling kids these things to build confidence. Oh, you're, yeah. you're smart, you're athletic and they want, and, but it doesn't build any true self-confidence because mm-hmm. what happens is at some point they connect with somebody that's probably better than them, probably yeah. faster than them. And they don't know what to do with that. Well, their identity is like, they're yeah, it's afraid their in. identity is right. crumbling. I'm a good or, defenseman or whatever. Right. right. Yeah. So I, the other day I was having a conversation with my daughter and, uh, we're coming back from a uh, youth group and she was thanking me for taking her cause it was a little bit of a inconvenience and, and I said, yeah, well, you know, do you know why we do these types of things? And we are having this, you know, pretty good conversation. I said, you're, I started off by saying you're a good kid. And then I stopped myself and I said, hey, I just, just want to clarify what I mean by good kid. Like, I, I think you have a good heart, but when I say good kid, I don't want you to be labeled like you think you now need to show me that you're a good kid and you're not going to tell me when you're not being a good kid. And yeah. right. that's some of the fear. I think sometimes we, we paint on kids or others, right? And now I said, like, I reckon you, I see you as a good heart, but you got flaws and you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make big mistakes. And I fully recognize that. So mm-hmm. don't, you know, don't right. take off some of the pressure. Would that change the world if parents all talk to their kids like that? Well, I think we do it a ton and I think we do it like to ourselves. The pressure piece was key for me. So when you guys talked about making that basketball shot, I, it, where I've seen more mindset is just my willingness to go and try things like interview for a, a job, go do my master's. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of like, 
I shouldn't be an expert the first time I do something. And the fact that I should not know this is actually, it, it, it should take a lot of pressure off. You know, yeah. why are we trying to show something we, you know, aren't on the first time, first few times we're doing something? I, I think so much of us have put pressure on each yeah. other in our, in our society around even just labels. Like, you know, you're smart. I, I remember working, I, this was one story that stood out to me. I was working with a student uh, just after Christmas. So they were homeschooled and they came to uh, our school after Christmas. And about three weeks in, mom came to my office and was worried about her son. He was in middle school and he was struggling in math. And she said, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. She said, with the first few weeks, he was, he was doing well. Uh, first couple weeks, he was doing well in math. Um, but recently, he's, the last couple weeks, he's done poorly. He's, he's um, struggling a lot. I can see that he's, he's having a hard time with school. He, he doesn't want to come as often. And, and uh, she kept on using, like, he's a smart kid. He's a smart kid. And I, so I picked up on that. I just said, do you use that language with him a lot? Like, do you tell him that he's a smart kid? And she said, yeah, yeah. Like, I tell him he's a smart kid. And I think she was expecting that that was probably good advice. Yeah, right. But um, what I talked to her about was this idea. My guess is that he came to school thinking he's a smart kid. And he's been homeschooled for a bunch of years. And all of a sudden, he took his first math test. And it didn't go so well. And so now he's struggling with this identity that he's been told he's smart. And now he's thinking that's a that. lie. Yeah. And now I'm, if I'm not a smart kid, I must be a dumb kid. And what does that look like? And, right. and he now uh, was really having a hard time. And so we just talked, I recommended mindset and just to, to glance through it. Um, if you're not a book reader, I would recommend just type in Michael Graham mindset into your Google search. And he has a, just a blog post about it that you can read in 10 minutes and get a really good idea as to what the whole book is about. But I said, Hey, t take a look at that and, um, connected with her a little while later. And, and she's talked about that idea that that was definitely a, a piece of his mindset is he saw himself as a, a math person and then been told he was smart. And now what do I do? That's my identity. Mm -hmm. And I have to come up with all kinds of reasons for why. And, I don't feel good or yeah. such a natural thing to want to do for your kids. Though. Yeah, that's right. Like it seems so instinctual. Like you're building them up. You want to build them up. Yeah. Like you did this puzzle. Like you're, you're really smart. Like good for, yeah. Like it's, it's like almost fighting an instinct in a way. Um, yeah. I thought it was kind of cheesy at first too. When I heard people saying like, we can't say things like that. Yeah. And I, and I de we definitely do. And that's, I think yeah. that's perfectly fine. But the idea being that we should praise more of the effort is yeah, something right. I think about, yeah. right? And yeah. um, my daughter's grade seven now. She's struggled with uh, reading all through her life. And the one piece that I see in her right now is she works hard. And that's, you know, something that she's recognized that. And she something just has that's in her control. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I think we need to just look for ways to highlight those, yeah. you know, the effort piece. Hey, you're doing well in this because you spent an hour working on this. You, uh, one of my pet peeves was students that came to school and would say things. Um, I didn't even study for that test. You know, they'd get a test back, get 90% or whatever, and they'd say, yeah. I didn't even study for that test. And I would call them on Please it. Please don't so say that out loud. It's just a lie, right? Like, so I have a, a four-year-old. And I would say to that student, I have a four-year-old. Do you think if I had him write this test, he would fail miserably? He can't even write. So, like, you've studied for many years for this test. Mm. Now, right. what you didn't do last night was cram, potentially. But I saw you listening in class. I saw you asking questions. I saw you mm -hmm. finishing your homework. Yeah. Like, right. The idea of, like, I didn't study is, I didn't, like, I think the number one thing in our society is 
if I can show that I did this without trying, that shows to others how smart I am or how <laughs> athletic right. I am. Or it's about the results and not about the process, right? Absolutely. Like it's the achievement. Well, that makes me think about like social media, YouTube, Twitter, like, like where you're seeing people's end product a lot of the time. Yeah. You're not seeing what they did. Well, yeah. really, everything is like that. Watching sports, sure. listening to music. Sure. We don't know the, the work that went into But I also wonder, like I used to think like you would think that social media would inspire people. But I think it may do the opposite. Like it make like there's so there's so many talented people that you see in that realm, maybe more than you used to see that you, maybe you don't want to try. Yeah. Like, right? I think there is a, a, a fail culture though now a little bit. Like the uh, fail videos and the idea of, mm. of even uh, worst of the week type of like I do think now people are getting mm. some of that background video because there's just so much content. Yeah. Um, and I like that's another piece I've tried to do a little bit at home is just normalize the word fail. Like I will yeah. often instead of avoiding, I will say, "Oh, that was a fail." Like you know, and and tell my child that, and like that, it, it's normal. Like that's yeah. normal. It's not yeah. not a, a word to be avoided. Yeah. Uh, I love the Michael Jordan commercial from the '90s or '80s where he's he's just walking through the hallways and and he's you know his thoughts are like, "I've missed 500 sh- shots. I've messed up 20 games. Uh-huh. I've." lost multiple playoff rounds i've and then his last is and you know all these failures is why i succeed yeah and uh, i think we need to normalize failure instead of trying to prevent our kids from from those opportunities one of my most proud parenting moments was uh, when I was teaching my oldest how to ride her bike. We were, I don't know, it was pretty, kind of like the standard process of holding them on the back of their seat a little bit and letting them go, and then there's a lot of falling. And my uh, six-year-old daughter, she fell and kind of smashed up her face pretty good. And kind of through the the blood and the the boogers and stuff, she (laughs) she looked at me and said, it's okay, falling is learning. Hmm. Right, and so that was a... a proud moment where, because I've, I've read these books too, and Jeremy, when you talk to our staff about it, like that resonated with me quite a bit. Um, so it's occasionally when I'm parenting, I, I have this, I use the right language, I think, and yeah. that was just evidence that it came through. And now um, she's actually using that language with her younger siblings, like, which is, is yeah, pretty that's cool. cool. That's awesome. I'm such so, a bad parent. Little brag. About like I'm how, a really, I'm terrible. Uh, yeah. yeah, but you're getting better. Yeah. No, yeah. I'll oh. always be this level of badness. <laughs> I was born a bad parent. <laughs> I think the I think mindset gives parents like Graham hope. Uh, hearing no, his, hearing his confessions, he's just not there yet. No. I do think parenting is one of like even on our ourselves. I think it's important for parents to approach themselves like they're learning as well. Yeah. One of the uh, early on, I, I would hear this idea of especially in motherhood like you're going to be such a good mom Hmm. you're going to be such a good mom and I just think that sets up moms to put a lot of pressure on especially a first time mom they have this baby they were told they're going to be a great mom and then oftentimes they don't seek help uh, when they need it because they don't want to give off the impression that they're not a good mom or asking questions or seeking help isn't the idea of a good good mom and I would actually say being a good mom means reaching out like it means connecting it means Hmm. allowing others to to feed into your life and so I just like we talked about earlier, the idea of pressure being taken off. I think we just over and over need to do that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Is there a counter argument to this that like it reduces competition or the desire to like be your best or 
Is there any danger in that, do you think? Not that that's a dangerous thing, but would there be people who say, well, this kind of takes that edge away? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think improvement. So one of the examples I give my students is the idea of, so you think you can dance? That used to be that reality yeah. TV show. And uh, if I give two examples, one kind of the beginning trials in these types of shows where you have like the beginner you know, they're just feeding, they're, they're filtering through a whole bunch of people. And, and you get this one person that at the beginning gets told that they're not very great by these judges. And they're on the camera off to the side crying and saying, they don't know what they're talking about. These judges are, you know, flawed. My mom has I've told me my whole my life, life yeah. that I'm amazing. Mm-hmm. Who am I going to listen to? The, this mom, this mom I trust are these judges that, you know, and, yeah. and so, so and then fast forward to like the final four. And in front of now millions of people, these people put their heart and soul into this, this um, dance routine and the judges rip them apart often. And they say, you know, it wasn't really good. I didn't see it, didn't see the heart, didn't see, you know, and, and the, to, to a man, what happens is that person, especially in the final four, will almost always respond with thank you. Hmm. Right. right. Like they're, the, the people that make it to that level are are desiring feedback. Yeah. Yeah. They are looking for, that's yeah. how they get better. And so um, I'm not sure yeah, if it promotes competition, like the idea of in, in class competition, um, but I do think it promotes improvement yeah. right? and, and growth. And so if I was a team manager, I would definitely, or a coach, I would definitely be you know, trying to improve, you know, using that language to improve my, my team. One thing I, I heard or read about that I really like is uh, the second score. Have you heard of that? No. It's, uh, there's a, I think it's kind of more recently come out, this, this kind of language, and, but it's built off growth mindset yeah. and uh, getting feedback and seeking feedback. So your first score is, is the feedback you get, like that was not a good dance or uh, this is how you performed on this test. But then your second score is how you respond to that. Hmm. So there's uh, the podcast I listened to was talking about um, a big company that celebrated kind of their worst employees that have like worst employee of the year like mm-hmm. just based on performance so that's the first mm-hmm. score but then what the CEO really cared about was the response to that hmm. right and that's how you're actually judged or how you are evaluated for your job isn't on the first score it's on the second score it's on how you respond to hearing about your first score so I and that, for me, that's really hard, like, because we're so um, results driven and, and, and for students, I've talked to them about it too. And they, it's like our culture is so not that way yeah. where like the first score is, is what we care about. But well, you mentioned pressure, like, yeah. like taking the pressure off is important. But in those situations, how do you do that? Like if you didn't feel the pressure to get an A the first time, it'd be way easier to have a growth mindset and have a good second score. But there's so right. much anxiety and there's so much tension and stuff built into our day to day. Well, it would be a cultural shift, yeah. right? And so, like at that at that company, that, at that company, they've worked hard to like build that culture. Yeah. And I think there's, from what I remember of it, there's a ton of turnover. Like people can't handle it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. If, oh, we're gonna actually like publish our results. Yeah. Like yeah. people are gonna see that and they're gonna see that I'm not good. Like those yeah. are the people who who just don't last there. So they've they've created this culture where it's that's the way it is. Yeah. And, but so but. much of this is about learning. Like if, if schools aren't about growth mindset, like what are you actually about? 
it's like the the difference between a pretest and if you already knew it before I even got to you, like you don't, I don't need to be there really, right? So the second right. score is way more important than the, mm-hmm. what you could already do. You haven't even had a chance to learn or work on anything yet. Well, I think that's if go back to sports. Like why I like watching sports is to see the f- failures along the way. And like my f- like fan favorites on teams aren't usually the the guys who come in and just perform on day one. Like you like the guys with a good story, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like those are the guys who work hard and you see it in the game. Like in a way the game is the, the first score, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're seeing is the results of all their practice. But, but in sports you actually see within that performance failures and you see successes. And like my favorite players are the ones who you see a lot of failures. Mm-hmm. It's right. nice that you're an Oilers fan, so you get a chance yeah. to, <laughs> over the last 20 years, you've had that, that opportunity to yeah. grow along with your team. Yeah, yeah. As Canuck fans, Graham and I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no we, way. Never experienced no failure. Prepackaged perfection. <laughs> yeah. yeah, We just normalize failure, so we, don't even, we can't even look back yeah. and go, that is failure. That's no, all it is. living in it. <laughs> One thing I've tried using growth mindset is um, kind of an annual mindset challenge I do with my students where I let them give me something to work on because I figure all I'm giving them, I'm asking a lot of them all year long to do things they don't want to do and things they have a fixed mindset about. So I'll do one thing for them. And I've gotten some other teachers. I know Graham's participated in some years too. Mm -hmm. So I've done... I've learned how to do my daughter's hair was one, one challenge one year and opera singing was another <laughs> more memorable year. And then this year it's learning to ride a unicycle. <clears throat> so I'm basically just, I commit to, I don't commit to necessarily mastering it or becoming an expert at it, but I, I commit to trying and showing my students kind of the, the failures along the way. And I guess the idea is just to, to show that, like just to model it, mm-hmm. right? And it's, What's the response in general? I, I don't know if they're really picking up on the, the mm-hmm. mindset thing, but it, it's a conversation starter. And they, yeah. uh, they ask me about it and they, well, they want to see. You have a video of yourself like yeah. falling that, and, you're, and you're getting back. Like that, right. They're watching that. They're, yeah. yeah, and I, I hope it's yeah, modeling that it's okay to fail in front of people and right. even have that out there, right? Like... I think, yeah, vulnerability is probably the key thing in what they're learning. Um, I've heard before that as parents, one of the most important things we can do is just say, I'm sorry to our own kids mm. and like yeah. model that idea of like, I fail, I'm sorry. But I yeah. think the minds, I love the mindset challenge you guys have done uh, at Gateway. And uh, I, I, I'm hoping that you close this today with an opera. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm not Whoa. doing that actually. <laughs> Whoa. So, Jeremy, if I. Um, if, I, if I'm hearing you right this morning, um, I'm feeling pretty excited, actually, because this podcast, while it does okay, is not in the top 10 on iTunes yet. Right. Right. Joe Rogan's got a real stranglehold. So are you saying that I can, as long as I have a growth mindset, I can become the best podcaster in the world? Yeah, I think, uh, well, yes, of course, okay, Graham. Thank you. you especially. <laughs> thank you uh, so I think much. you have potential. Um, yeah. I, I think it, there is a... 
a challenge, right? I think we, we were just ta- talking about the idea of humanism, the idea that as humans, we can do anything we want to be, or we even talk to our, sometimes our kids, like you can be anything you want to be. Um, I think there's obviously limits to that. Um, there's real physical, biological limits to some of the things that we can be. However, we're inspired by people that be, seem to push those limits. Um, yeah. So I, I think sacrifice, the, the, the idea of like how much are you willing to give up? So yeah, if you, I think if you spent most of your days every day working on podcasting, you'd, you'd be better. Um, I also mm. recognize that, uh, I think we were talking about Malcolm Gladwell's book, Gladwell's book Outlier shows the idea that also there's there's this idea of fate or God's hand or however you view that mm. um, in how people gain fame and success as well and mm-hmm. and uh, that's out of our control but what you right. can control is time the energy You're, the coaching yeah. you receive yeah. well I like the way you phrased it you said yeah if you put your mind to it and ha- and work hard like you'll get better right but when we say yeah. to kids you can be anything you want to be I think the assumption is that first score, like that you will have like measurable success, like yeah, not necessarily get better. Like it's not right. about the process. It's about the result. Right. But and it's really about yeah. reaching, you said your potential, like you have yeah. a potential you can reach yeah. through that. And my yeah. potential might not be number one podcast in the world. Although let's be honest, but don't limit yourself. No, you just got to drop some uh, dead weight here on the podcast. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a, um, a website? Uh, well, we have an Instagram account okay. at Harmonious Gents, and as well as a Twitter feed at yeah. Harmonious Gentlemen. Gentlemen, yeah. Um, Surprised you didn't know that. Right. Well, I, I really just wanted you to promote. promote Thank promote you. It was perfect. Uh, I have a visual example of one of the experiments I've done in with my students that doesn't work well as on an audio podcast, but I can explain it. Maybe you can add it to your oh your feed and nice. um, basically I, I thought I'd put this to the test a little bit because uh, I wanted to model it with my students by having them model it to you know the class and so I asked for two people in my class artists I said can someone come up to the front and be someone that they see themselves as an artist and a girl came up and uh, and then I said does someone in the class not see themselves as an artist I had a boy come up and I had them try to copy my Odie Odie is something I can draw because in grade 8 we practiced it over and over and over again so our, I, our young I, listeners, Odie is a dog in the comic strip Garfield. Nice. <laughs> um, I have to find something more relevant to no, draw. No, that's now. good. Um, He's still around. So anyway, they drew it, and uh, they drew it on whiteboards. And the one, the boy that said he was an artist, drew it, and it, it wasn't even recognizable. It was like so far from my original drawing that I thought, oh boy, this is gonna fail. Like kids are gonna see that I, like you can't become better. Like this is <laughs> testing my own mindset. So everyone went out for lunch and I asked the boy to stay back and I said, can I just coach you on how to draw this for lunch, which is about a 30 minute time. And uh, so we pre-practiced, I gave him the steps. And then uh, when he came back, I had had him do it again. I said, okay, can you guys come up back to the front? And they drew it again. And his was remarkably better than the girl who saw herself as an artist. And we just use that as an example in our classroom as with the right coaching, with some some time, you can can improve. So it would be a good example to put up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. on your Instagram. Great Twitter. example for kids to see right. and think yeah. back to. Well, I think modeling, like Tyler said, is is important if you get kids to see it in themselves, yeah. even tracking their growth. I think those are important yeah. pieces for kids to see. Well, on that note, yeah. what do you guys think? Yeah. Did Jeremy do Good well? discussion. Jeremy did, did well. You worked really hard, Jeremy, I thought. Yeah. You My presented first. your ideas clearly. 
First time, better. so I had no stress. Yeah, true. Do you have time for a confession? I do. Tyler, do you have time for a confession? No. Okay. Jeremy can do mine. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Probably picking up some ambient noise here as you're listening to this podcast. We're once again recording at Phil's, which we just want to give a shout out to. Great breakfast, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. awesome servers, and um, you should check it out if you've never been here. But it is time to confess things, and I need to really get something off my chest. It's something that um, my wife has known about for a long time. I used to be, I think, a truck guy. I have a, had a sweet Dodge Ram, and about eight months ago, it kind of hit the crapper, and I've had it at the same. Uh, garage for that amount of time. Today I'm picking it up. So my confession is that I totally ditched my truck, left it on this uh, Grandin Auto. I feel bad for Grandin Auto because they've uh, been keeping it for me for this long. But today's the day where I go get it. So I'm a terrible customer. And <laughs> yeah. how long was it? I don't. I think it's like eight months. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know if he's going to charge me storage. And it's oh. been like a bone of contention in my marriage for more than half a year. So it's going to feel huh. good then. It's going to feel good to get yeah. it today. That's Grand- a real confession. Yeah. Tyler. Grandin Auto is something that I would almost recommend. Like they're, oh yeah, I awesome. recommend them. And I'm but, so. maybe next. So how dare, I how dare you run. do anything that might offend them? <laughs> I know. But it's so bad. Ty? Um, I don't know how much of a confession this is, but I really believe strongly in the placebo effect. Like, it's similar to mindset, I think. Like, but I've taken it to the point where I thought if I just believe that I can't get sick or that I'm not sick, that I wouldn't be sick. Right, because like a placebo, you can take some people take a, pl- a placebo pill and they actually yeah. feel better because they believe they're taking it. Right. So there was, I think it was last year or the year before, where I, and like, I guess the confession, I didn't really tell this to anybody, but like I really strongly was believing that I won't get sick. And then I felt myself getting sick and I said, I'm not sick. And I like would self talk and convince myself that I wasn't. And I believe that it was working for a little while. Hmm. So I don't know if this is really a confession or just like. Um, Did you combine it with power? eating like extra jube jubes as your <laughs> yes. sugar pills? That was that was the placebo. Was yeah. if I eat these jube jubes, I will never get sick. I think the, the t- if we're judging you, it's a confession, and we certainly are. So <laughs> it sounds like a recommendation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's Some the murky thing. waters here. But I guess I did get sick in the end. Oh. Eventually. So then I gave up on it. But again. not as sick. I don't know. It's hard to measure. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, um, we we've been playing some squash last little while over the last few months. Uh, that's not a confession, but <laughs> no, it sounds like it. Ty, yeah, do you guys a little know the bit story? But I feel I feel awful about it. I feel stupid. So it's a confession where I played squash, had a great time, went home. But four hours later, my ankle starts to hurt, swelled up. I think it's <laughs> oh, it maybe just sprained it a little bit. I'm like googling like, can your foot hurt later on? And it's like, oh yeah. And then it started to really hurt. And then I had to like sit down. I couldn't stand up anymore. And then it was like I couldn't get comfortable. And then it was like just pain. Like really, okay, guys, it was bad pain. <laughs> to the point where I'm like, I got to go get this looked at because like I don't know what's going on. Like it just came on all of a sudden. I thought I was at any never going to walk again. consider phoning Tyler about his placebo ideas? I really, yeah. now I will. <laughs> but instead I called uh, podcast listener Michael M., <laughs> Uh, to come watch my kids so my wife could bring me to the emergency room where I waited for three hours and had the doctor tell me that I was totally fine 
that I probably just I just probably oh. put too much stress on it. I just over overworked it. Go home, and I was fine the next day. Huh. And my confession is that I went to the emergency room over basically nothing. Wow. Uh, which I hate doing that. Like I don't want to be that guy that's like tying up our system. Honestly, yeah. And the doctor was pretty respectful, but you could tell he was like, "What do you like? <laughs> you're you're fine." <laughs> but I really thought there was something wrong, and uh, it was the worst pain I've experienced. Uh, wow. In the last couple of weeks, so, <laughs> <laughs> and my confession is that I did that. So, uh, so, so the diagnosis was just age. You're just old. He just like, said you went to. He's like it just flared up. Oh, yeah. He said I huh. didn't sprain it. I strained it. <laughs> I'm like, can I call it a sprain? He's like, no. A high grade strain. He's like, do you want? Do you want? To, he said, do you want um, crutches? And I said no. And he's like, good, because I don't think I would have given them to you. <laughs> so, anyway. Right. Jamie, we'll end with you. Yeah, you guys often, um, you know, I've noticed in your confessions that you're often, uh, you know, there's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek in some of them. But this one's really serious. So you Perfect. guys, this might get uncomfortable because we don't like to talk about our feelings. Whoa. It feels. But um, I didn't listen to Harmonious Gentleman for quite a while. And the reason my confession is because I was jealous. Whoa. I was jealous of you guys. I wanted to be part of it. We had uh, talked about, I remember you guys talking about it, and I thought oh, it would be so cool to be part of a podcast. So I was actually quite jealous when you guys started up, and I decided, you know, subconsciously, I was like, I, you know, I'm not going to enjoy this, or I'm, you know, I'm not going to listen. So don't worry, I'm better now. I, when I've exhausted all my other podcasts, I will now <laughs> put on Harmonious yeah. Gentleman and listen, and, uh, <laughs> and so I, uh, I had to get over it. So that's my confession. feels really good. Mm. Get it off my chest. Hmm. That was real. That's real. Eddie Pensier. Eh, 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 eh,